0: And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks, good energy, smart organics, www.guruenergy.com. Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts,
1: Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey welcome to the gut check podcast. I am Ted Kluck, joined as always by my good friend and partner in radio and business Zachary Bartles. Uh, baby how are you? Man, I'm feeling very good. Really very good how come? It's getting very nice here in
0: Michigan. It's it's Is uh, it? you know you can walk around outside without a jacket you know it's been wow. sunny.
1: It's wonderful. things are melting. Baby that's encouraging. Dude can I uh, I don't think I told you this but this uh, this potentially involves both of us. Um. So I just played my last, uh, probably my last football game ever, a few weeks ago, and oh my uh, I gosh. also have what? Yeah, I also, uh, dude, I'm not getting any younger, and I also have a birthday coming up, and I've decided that I need another sort of lifetime sport. Um. So I purchased uh, a bicycle. Oh. And, and I've been riding, and I know you're a bicycling enthusiast. So yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe this is something we could do together as a company. Oh, that would be really fun, wouldn't that be amazing? We could, I, you could lash some things to my bike, and uh, I could get my my bike sufficiently lashed, and then uh, and then we could ride together. Baby, I got a uh, I got a vintage uh, 1981 French road racing bike. Of course you did. Yeah, oh, dude, it's spectacular, man. Now,
0: it's when so- you go vintage, uh, you know, racing, French racing, is this something yeah. that that costs you more? Or is Dude, it something no. that comes from like the used section of your local
1: bike shop? Exactly that man. No, I actually got it on eBay, and there's a there's a good number of these old like steel frame French racing bikes. Like everybody in the in the cycling community, it seems like wants a everybody wants like the the super light carbon fiber with like the electronic shifters and all that. But this one is uh it's low fi man. It's it's the old steel like lugged uh, frame, and uh, it's got the the shifters on the down tube and the old like. Grind it till you find it kind of uh, kind of shifter, so uh, I'm really stoked about it. I've, I've had it out a couple of times and ridden it, and uh, it's just a blast, man. I'm loving it.
0: Now, if you and I went biking together, you would leave me in the dust if we were on the road because you've got a racing bike, and I have, like, a hybrid uh, mountain bike, so... <laughs>
1: Maybe you're, it wouldn't be a race, though, is the thing. And also, I'm in, I'm in like, horrible cycling shape right now. It's just not even funny. <laughs> what I, sucks I hope- about
0: cycling is you can get to the point where you can go out and, you know, ride 40 miles, averaging 16 miles an hour, feeling like you're in, in great shape, and then you try to run, like, 400 yards, and you're like, why oh, yeah. isn't it the same? It doesn't translate over to anything.
1: Dude, that's know? it. Nothing translates. That's the frustrating thing about, like, any exercise regimen. I feel like it... You get really proficient at one thing, and then you go try and do another thing, and you just feel like death. It's uh, it's a bummer. Uh, but baby, we have we have lots of things to talk about that aren't a bummer. Indeed, um, do. Namely, some two uh, some 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 new fawning reviews that came in. Actually, two fawning reviews. I don't know why I struggled to say that with my some words.
0: Two. It reminds me of my, my buddy from Kenya who would always say he wanted to like talk about some few things. Yeah, and I never yeah. corrected him because it was it was sort of cute, which makes me sound like horribly. Uh, ethnocentric and
1: and kind of awful but consider me your kenyan friend in this scenario (laughs) so the way that i sort of stumbled over the words let's just consider that like a cute kind of endearing thing
0: i'm not going to correct you then i want you to keep doing it
1: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do it for the for the balance of the episode um (laughs) baby why don't you hit me with one of these reviews man
0: all right, um, they're in one of my, I have five occurrences of Windows Notepad open right now because that okay. is how I roll. One of them is related to hacking uh,
1: really? and hacking? lashing,
0: you know, trying to uh, hack-lash some, <laughs> some palm files. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right, I'm going to read the one from Eel Cobra. All right, Eel Cobra. Uh, from New Zealand.
1: Okay, wow, and- we're global, baby.
0: Yeah, well, we got yeah, yeah, we totally are. New Zealand, Australia, the UK. I'll tell you what. Um, I don't know how many of these we have because I had signed up for a service that like emails me our reviews. Okay. Uh, and I got this one uh, shortly thereafter, and then I didn't see this one on my my iTunes. I think you okay. only see like your country's reviews, so I don't know if there are other ones in. You know, so if you are in New Zealand. Or any other country. I don't know, maybe even Canada. Have a look and see, you know, if there are region-specific reviews and send them to us.
1: I feel like we're probably huge in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if we're ranked on uh, iTunes New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there is an
0: iTunes New Zealand.
1: I'm going to look into that, man. I feel like that, that could be good for our company, you know, just to know that.
0: I wonder if most people in New Zealand hate that all of a sudden anytime their nation, their proud nation is mentioned some idiot makes some like Frodo
1: reference now. Oh yeah, that's right because all like 62 hours of those movies were shot in New Zealand. <laughs> I hate those movies.
0: I don't hate them, but I I can only take them in small doses. The idea of my wife would like someday to I think she would like to do all 3 Hobbit movies followed by all 3 of those and it's like, no, n- no, Cheers. and no, no.
1: Yeah, that sounds just miserable.
0: Um, all right, so let me get back to Eel Cobra, who, let's, let's just it. acknowledge, that's kind of the most amazing name ever. Yeah. Uh, and he says this. Uh, he says it in a, in a New Zealandic accent, if that's a okay. thing. Uh, but I'm just yeah. going to read it as me. Uh, okay. If you like niche parodies about Christian culture, in okay. jokes that you won't get if you don't listen to every episode, and possibly still won't get even if you do... Deep, meaningful heart-to-hearts infused with a healthy dose of sarcasm. Reference to things that you probably haven't heard of if you were born any time after the 70s. Hacking, (laughs) lashing, energy drinks, tacos, or words. Then I don't know why you're still reading this review. review. Download it already and help these two authors build their platform by listening to them make fun of people who care about things like building platform. (laughs) 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 Also, buy their books. Two of the funniest reform guys you'll find dude God bless that guy man Heck eel yeah. cobra eel cobra dude that that sounds like somebody who would you know be like Cliff Graham's nemesis yeah like they'd meet every once in a while and they wouldn't know if one of them was was you know gonna die in in, in their in their meeting but they also have deep respect for each other
1: yeah like they hate respect each other yeah. they would stalk each other through the through the jungle for days on end I wish I had somebody that I hate respected really you don't have anyone like that
0: no, no, I I rarely hunt anybody, you know. It's 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 probably just a, another function of getting older, you know. It's I I rarely hunt people anymore.
1: Ah, oh, baby, you know what? Oh to be young again. The thing you is, you know? know, I can
0: ride my bike and I and I feel like I'm in shape but then when I go hunting people, it's like, <laughs> oh, it takes it out of me. You're you're winded
1: within a few paces,
0: you know. <laughs> I usually let them get away, you know.
1: <laughs> you just decide to slump down dejectedly and and build a little fire of your own.
0: <laughs> now, I, I don't know. What do you think, Ted? If you were out in the woods yeah. without any survival supplies, yeah. and you were like, I need to make a fire somehow, yeah. what are the odds you think you'd be able to make it happen? I mean, you and I are both very intelligent, resourceful oh. gentlemen.
1: Yeah. Thank I don't you. think I could do it. No, I would die. I, I would die <laughs> there in the wilderness. <laughs> and you know what I would do? I would complain myself to death. <laughs> I would spend so much time grousing and meaning to start the fire that I would never get to it, and I would just die. (laughs) Oops. I complained a bit too long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then as you died, you'd complain about
1: that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dying sucks.
0: (laughs) Now, in addition to this uh, Eel Cobra iTunes review, Mm -hmm. there was also another one of these guys who, like, co-ops his wife's name into his screen name.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah,
0: uh, or or a lady doing uh, the same with her husband. It's hard to tell, yeah. um, but uh, we Give had somebody who clearly discovered the podcast, uh, listened to every episode, and then went and liked a whole bunch of things on the Facebook page and commented and hey, and just following them. I was following them through that in real time because I was on Facebook and I kept getting these notifications and every time nice. it was good for a smile. I love it, baby. This is from Kev Jill Foley. Kev hyphen Jill Foley. Ah, uh, Kev Jill. And this is one of my favorite comments from that from that uh, kind of binging, uh, you know. It, and this is the most healthy way you can you can go down one of these kind of binging rabbit holes. Absolutely. Because like, it, it, you could do coke, that's bad. You that, know, you could gamble is- until you you know you, you bet the the house on the ponies and all these things, or you can just listen to a whole bunch of gut check press uh, materials and and go on the army page and read a bunch of funny stuff. So here we go. Kev Foley says, "I think we need a gut check tour." You guys need to visit churches or pubs or smoke shops and do some men's ministry gut check style. We'd love to host you in Portland, especially if you brought Cliff Graham and had him kill an animal. Portlanders love that kind of thing. And by animal, I mean a piece of tofu. (laughs) We also love lashing. Love the show. Keep it up and consider the tour. You guys really could develop a cool presentation that Christian men would benefit from. And see, Ted, the way that this program has been just you and I, uh, since about episode 30 or whatever, keeping yeah. in touch, yeah. uh, and then and then posting our keeping in touch onto uh, archive.org. <laughs> exactly. Um, we could do the same thing with with this tour. It would be Baby, us listen, being able to hang out.
1: Listen to me. All kidding aside, uh, if this guy, if Kev Jill is listening, make it happen. We will be in Portland um, in two shakes. I would love nothing more. Yeah. Um, Seriously, baby, I, I think uh, I would love to do a little, uh, a little gut-check tour of the Northwest with you, man. I think it would be outstanding. Anytime. Now, off the air, you alluded to something, uh, and we've, we've got to get to our Downton Abbey recap because we, we had a, a, the big um, series finale of Downton Abbey, which we haven't uh, discussed yet. But I want to I wanna suss out something else that you uh, alluded to off the air, and that is uh, you have a rather indecent uh, proposal for me, do you not?
0: I do. Okay. And 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 it comes down to uh the timing kind of issue. Yeah. Um I'm ready I, to listen. I'm I have an open mind. I don't I don't know how you're going to respond to this. Probably yeah. not as well as who was in the movie Indecent
1: Proposal in the 90s. I want to say Demi Moore, but I'm almost sure that's wrong. I feel like Woody Harrelson was in it, too.
0: And I think that Re- Robert Redford was, was like an old man making an indecent
1: proposal. And I think it was Demi Moore, wasn't it?
0: It might have been. I don't know. I didn't see it. That was like one of those movies that, that was like the <laughs> movie to watch in secret if you yeah. were like 14, but I was only 12 or something like that. And Demi um,
1: Moore starred in all of those movies.
0: Exactly. Like Striptease
1: and... <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. She that was that was kind of... She made a career on that, didn't you she? She made a career out of those like semi-shady 90s, you know... <laughs>
0: It's not a great career to make, but it really, really. isn't. Um, so, so it came down to this, man. I was, I was, I woke up one morning, okay. and I had a song in my head. Okay. All right. You, you ever do that? You wake up and there's like already oh, a song sure. in your head. Absolutely. And I get on online as I sometimes do, like while I'm brushing my teeth or something. I instead of watching the news on TV, I just check a couple news sites kind of okay. in the morning. Yeah. And I saw that, and this isn't really news, but it was on some news things. The most interesting man in the world. Uh, campaign uh, yeah. that Dose was doing, which I'm sure you're familiar with. I am familiar. Uh was coming to a close. They they kind of fired the guy or something and like wow wrote him off to Mars or something on the on the commercials. Okay. Uh, and it occurred to me at about the same time that the song that was stuck in my head uh-huh. was a song written by Stephen L Trogi. Okay. Who writes legitimate like praise and worship songs that people sing throughout the land. Yeah, right. I remember I learned that from you. Yeah. And then I happened upon this song in a songbook we already had at my church. Okay. Like in between like two Getty's songs. Okay. And I and then I, I checked my email and I had an email from Stephen O'Trogi and it occurred to me perhaps he needs to take up the mantle of the most interesting guy in the world. Not in the same way, but in the sense that like he's a little bit everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm. Hmm. So he was stuck in my my head with this song, and it wasn't even the song that, that you like a whole lot. I like yeah. that one too, but this is a different yeah. song and, and then I, he he's going to I was, I was sending him some articles that were gonna like uh, bundle together into an ebook. I was telling you about that yeah yeah um, and then I read that really I don't know if you saw this this really fascinating article he put on the Blazing Center about like his life like uh, spinning out of control or something and all these different things that he was and I was like, good grief. This guy is so fascinating because when you just talk to him, he doesn't seem fascinating at all. <laughs> but then the more you pull away, like layers, like like of the the, the onion. Yeah, you're, there's just it's odd. He, he's he's got all these like like he'll he'll start like a new enterprise every day. Yeah, and and like many of them, he just gets bored with. And, and even the happy rant after like 50 episodes, he was just like, eh, and it kind of walked onto something else. Yeah. I find him fascinating. I uh. think it would be a worthwhile
1: meme to start.
0: What are your thoughts?
1: Huh? Yeah, man, that's uh, that's shocking. To be honest, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that's where you're going to take it. Did Trogues put you up to this? Is this sort of a, a piece <laughs> of Trogues' like Chaz Marriott-esque kind of uh, marketing strategy? No, but that would have been brilliant. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. Yeah, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let that marinate a bit. Like, what? So, so, baby, ah, I find it fascinating that you're kind of uh, you're kind of in league with trogues now.
0: Okay, so now now, how does that make you feel? You know, what is what is that? What's at the core of that inside of you?
1: Yeah, dude. It's it's just it's interesting that I don't feel like there are very many of us in Christian media who are of a certain age, and I feel like I know all of you guys, and, and you guys have all sort of you know, felt out the possibility of working with each other over the years, and and now you're uh, you're you're teaming up with Trogues, man. It's just a fascinating dynamic, is all. Now, do, uh,
0: is there is there anything defensive inside of you? Like whenever I hear you talking to Ronnie Martin, yeah, I I kind of you know I I kind of don't like it.
1: Yeah, no, I know, man. And, You've and got you got stories
0: know, that I'm not in. You yeah, know? and when he makes like swingers references that I made with you before, you know, before my, Ronnie Martin, it makes me it makes me just
1: a little bit. Exactly. You know, and you're all like, you know, we, Who are we you? we're saying we kept our rep bro way before, you know. Exactly. Yeah, our, exactly. Ex- I know, man. No, you know what, for me and you, that guy is uh, that guy's Cliff Graham for me. Oh, okay. Like I, I feel threatened and annoyed by by you know your friendship with him. Let me but tell you
0: something. Anyone who's not threatened by Cliff Graham is stupid. There because you go. he is a threat.
1: See, you're making it worse by saying that, but I get what you're <laughs> at the same at the very same time I get what you, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, but no, I feel no such sort of, uh, uh, catch in my spirit vis-a-vis threat with, uh, with Trogues. I just find it, it, it's an odd pairing. You know what I mean? You know, those couples in high school that you were like, yeah, like, where did that come from? You know, the, the two of them together, like that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. You know what? That's
0: just another thing that's more fascinating about Steven El
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you're, you're trying really hard to sell him (laughs) to me as, as someone who's fascinating and... I, I think
0: i think you know, help, here's what happens i think that while yeah. i was i was describing this to you yeah i realized there was nothing to it Does that,
1: mean, that, that it was like i, a I little... realized that too and not wanting to shame you and not wanting to make you feel bad i sort of i sort of feel compelled to go along with it but yet much like much like the gospel like i i, I kind of have to come into that on my own you know what i mean i, I don't know that i can I can just accept that Trogues is that interesting right well, now.
0: I think it was one of those things where I had just woken up and like there was yes. a slight coincidence that made me, in kind of the fog of, of awakening, yeah. be like, oh, wait, whoa. Yeah. But uh, but then now that I'm fully awake and I'm talking about with you, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong, He he's, he's really a really talented musician and he's and he's a great writer and he's a good guy, but he's Absolutely. not the most fascinating man alive. So um, yeah. I withdraw the proposal. Okay. Uh, indecent or, or, or not.
1: You know what? There's certain things like that that you just have to, you have to talk them out. You have to kind of process them verbally. And I think we, I think we made some progress today, baby.
0: I don't know what it, I don't know what it is.
1: I, hey, I, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. What, uh, like, if you had to name two or three, like, male celebrities or public figures who you find fascinating, like, who are they? Like, mm-hmm. and these are people, you may not even like love their product now, but they, these are people who over the years you would, you would kind of. Read everything about them or watch them do anything, just because you were, you know, kind of fascinated by them. Do you do you know who those people are for you? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, Troy Duffy. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, Creator of uh, Boondock Saints.
0: Yeah, yeah. For a while before he went crazy, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Schaefer. Frankie. Oh Shager. yeah, dude.
1: I've read a couple of his books for sure. He was
0: he was one of the more like legit fascinating people too. Uh, yeah, and and uh, until he went completely bonkers one day.
1: Yeah, he um, went off the rails, man, completely. But uh, but yeah, I read a couple of books of his that I actually liked back in the day.
0: Like in college, when people were discovering Don Miller, I, I was yeah. doing like the proto hipster. Yeah. Before, before it was cool to be
1: a hipster. Absolutely. Um, you were like, have, I, like I like Frankie Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I like a different guy. Yeah, exactly. I like a different guy. I don't guy like either. your guy. I don't like your guy who sells 8.2 million copies of his book.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I like, I like guy this who guy likes who sells
1: 10,000 copies. 8.2 hundred copies of his book. And those only because of his dad's name. <laughs> exactly. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
0: I don't know. Who who else would... You, so you're talking about in, in any realm?
1: In any realm. Yeah. And the reason I ask, man... So I've been doing... Uh, For this book that I'm writing on long snapping and also just, you know, in some sort of academic work, I've been studying this uh, Myers-Briggs personality typology. And I'm realizing that every celebrity that I've ever cared about has exactly the same Myers-Briggs type as I do. Which are you? I'm INFP. Okay. Yeah. So, and David Foster Wallace, uh, Ricky Williams, this guy who played in the NFL – uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, Zach de la Rocha from Rage Against the Machine, um, they're all INFPs. Hmm. Yeah, which begs the question: like, am I only capable of like really caring about people who are exactly like me? Which, on one level, is sort of scary.
0: Now, <laughs> do you still consider Zach de la Rocha uh, worthy of kind of your your devotion? <laughs> Dude, no, not at all. Like, okay. I haven't
1: listened to that band in I don't know fifteen years. But there was a time when I thought they were the most fascinating thing going. You know what I mean? Like, I listened to the music all the time, and I used to watch, like, concert videos, and, like, I was really into them for a while. Huh. Yeah. Now, you're acting all smug and superior in terms I'm not. Of I was into singing. them, too. I was super into them.
0: Were you? Okay. Uh, we've had this discussion how before, uh, like, like in college, I had a bunch of tapes of their things, and I would listen yeah. to them, and, like, in my mind, translate it from leftist to, like, like super
1: <laughs> hardcore right-leaning, you know, to the you, point of being you... revolutionary. Yeah. Can you do me a favor uh-huh. if, if you're not – too, I know you're a busy guy and I'm busy too, but if you would take even like a verse of one of their songs and do that in writing and post it with this app, I would I would be really grateful just because of how funny that would be. Say that again. You know again? what I'm saying? No, if, you could, if you could transcribe uh, some of their lyrics from like way leftist to – Way, like- oh no! It
0: didn't even change like the 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 words. Like it was just okay. the anger was directed a different a different direction. I just kind of oh, okay. leaned it, you know.
1: So you weren't like like parsing the the words as he was singing them, sort of changing the the meaning from leftist to to right leaning politics. No,
0: no. Like I just you know uh, you know warming my hands on the flames of the flag kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Would be because yeah. Clinton was in office. And oh, I, I And see. I wanted my country back, you know, instead so just, of... Yeah, so just
1: ideologically you were changing. Right, it. right. Wow.
0: You know what's that's... funny about that music? What? Everything. Oh, yeah. That it's guy's so... voice, it's like it's like a like a 10-year-old. Yeah. The it... It's not fucking medical Bob Tread! Blah, 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 blah!
1: <laughs> and then everyone was like, wow, that's intense and fierce. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I loved it, though, man. I did, too. I, I, I... I couldn't get enough of it. I know it. I, I think know. we had
0: a couple of eps that had, like, Bulls on Parade or one of those.
1: I um, feel like we did. Yeah, I feel like we did. If we have, if we hadn't, we should have. Yeah, back uh-huh. in the
0: dangerous days, man, when we were courting the RIAA's legal department.
1: That's right. Living fast and loose with, uh, you know, copyright laws and whatnot, baby. Speaking of uh, of media, you have sent me something here. It's uh, a link <laughs> to an MP3, and I'm I'm very intrigued by it. Are we? Is it time for that?
0: I think it is. And here's what this is. It's it's because I was I I had some lashing stuff. Okay. In the basement and I was like, Man, I wish I could show this to Ted and he could laugh at me while uh-huh. we recorded. Okay. And then I was like, I can't do that, but you know what would be funny if, if I could share something intangible with you okay. from my past. Okay. So what I've sent you there, this okay. is a song. Okay. Uh that I that I wrote and and recorded okay. um probably in two thousand and one. All right. Or, so- or before. No, I don't think I was married. So probably in nineteen ninety nine.
1: Okay, so you would have been in college at this point, yeah, or yeah, yeah, in
0: college, okay. and and uh, I I recorded it uh, just because I, I thought it was it was worth kind of laying down, and I always yeah. just, just for fun, I would just uh, record these things, uh, yeah. and, and uh, I I'd just like to hear your your reaction to it.
1: Okay, so I'm going to click on the link, and then hopefully we'll be listening to the song, and I can kind of comment in real time as I'm listening. Is that that's, how you? That's the dream. Yeah. Is that how you envision the segment working? <laughs> yes. Okay, There it is. Can you hear it? I can hear it, man. <laughs> First thoughts? I already love it. Let me tell you about this kid I knew in
2: high school. Oh! Why is this girl's so bad he started acting psycho? He used to have a lot of photos and he spent a lot of dollars until the fourth guy was sentless. And then he <laughs> finds she's 29 and married to a dentist.
1: Wow. I'm just going gonna, gonna to pause here. Uh... <laughs> Now, I've always said as a writing teacher, you know, the, the best songs are narrative. In uh-huh. nature. Okay. Um, this song, uh, it's no accident, also narrative in nature. So the high school narrator of this song has fallen in love with a 29-year-old woman who's married to a dentist. There it is. Yes. Now, I'll, I'll ask you, how autobiographical was this? Take me to the place as an artist that you started from as you were sitting down to, uh, to pin these lyrics can you talk me through that
0: uh, you know I don't I don't remember I yeah. remember thinking it was really f- like kind of funny and really tight and, and a really good song yeah uh, and and that's all I, you know it, it's almost like I, it's almost like I was channeling like we were talking about last time you know yeah, yes I was absolutely. channeling this, this this kid who wound up being in, in you know in love with someone married
1: to a dentist interesting interesting. Can I uh, can I play another uh, another few bars here? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Okay. So this
0: is
2: just ah. Uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah, you're saying ah uh, ah uh, like the de- like when you go to the dentist and they say to say ah now did you mean that? It's sort of a, a layer of irony. I I don't know. Maybe subconsciously. Okay, I, I feel like you did. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you credit for that. Here we go. So that's just more sloshy guitar yeah it's a lot of sloshy guitar very good guitar work who's uh, who's working the snare drum in the background oh that's that's a computer oh it is okay interesting you're a you're a self-contained unit even then <laughs> one man band one man band here let's uh let's keep listening <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, and one day when the was away she snapped and started to chase him she, and fell,
1: and she could smell what she had face in. Ah, wow ah, 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 more ah ahs there now <laughs> what uh what motivated that second verse because it seems to me that she has fallen in dog poop is that am i right <laughs> you
2: are yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what
0: motivated the entire song if you remember this yeah. A, a a conversation with someone before uh, this was like permeating any any conversation of this artist. Uh, the realization that nothing in the then popular song isn't it ironic was mm. actually ironic.
1: I see. Yeah. And so
0: I thought I, I could tell some stories that included some actual elements I, of irony.
1: Okay. I I see. Man, interesting. Interesting look into the artist's mind. Let's uh <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> down. Dude, some serious effects on that vocal there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the 90s. You had to make sure you were almost unrecognizable.
1: Yeah, so you were you were experimenting with some technology there in the studio, I think. A flange. On, yeah, a little flange on your end. The son had
2: lots of fun playing the piano. Night and day, this kid would play like freaking Dino. don't hey, want to shit for play a trick. But Danny broke his finger in the car door at the airport.
1: <laughs> it's a shame. Huh? Yeah, it really is. He had let let a future playing the, play the piano.
2: Time.
1: Will come so I would think a song like this, with all this actual irony in it, would be marketably. Kind of as successful as Alanis Morissette's song, isn't it ironic? That was my help, uh, I think. Yeah. Now, what was uh, what, what what was the the sort of marketplace reaction to this song? Um, well, no one has really heard it until now. Okay. What and why is that? Why didn't you go public with this at the time when I, I feel like it could have it could have really done something?
0: <laughs> you know, the, the internet was still uh, you know going over phone lines and everything. Uh-huh. So you know, it, it, there wasn't really a, a forum for. You know the, the indie artist was really in a tough spot back
1: then. That's true, man. Yeah, you had to be signed to a big label or else nobody was uh nobody was hearing your stuff. Let's uh <laughs> let's listen to uh, the last
2: one. Adam it down. it will be fine. Never gonna see it brown.
1: Mm. A positive message in this song, too. Just the, the base, Yeah. Oh, the base work.
2: This neighbor finally got electric fences. My buddy got a job and came back to his senses. Then, then a and then a struggle of luck, one of wanted me to box the fridge, bought a casino. And there he gave the neighbor's son a chop play in the piano. Uh,
1: so the kid gets his piano gig finally. Uh, yeah, and you know everybody's happy, except uh, maybe the dentist.
2: Adam, let get down. Give him some time. That's <laughs> more lesson. around.
1: I'm gonna fade it out.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll put that track on the the Gut Check Army page so people can can put that in their yeah, workout mix. Good. You know,
1: yeah, absolutely. People need to they, they need to enjoy that. Now, now give Ow. me
0: your your uh, your thoughts. Not that you've heard the whole thing.
1: Uh, clearly, some Green Day influence there. Am I right? Yeah. Well, that that was my whole everything was Green Day influence. Yeah. I could I could uh, yeah I could see that. I could definitely see that. Any other uh, influences that kind of went into the the making of that track?
0: Uh you know th- th- I, there's never really been any kind of uh pseudo rap rock. I was kind of ahead of my time with that. You know that was before Well I guess no no it wasn't. That was kind of in the the midst of the 311. That's kind of a 311 influence Dude, in there, yeah, isn't there.
1: that that was the one that I was trying to think of. I knew there was a, a another band that you know was eerily reminiscent of that <laughs> and it was uh it was 311 who I I had that record of theirs uh with the blue cover. I I actually liked it. I'm ashamed to say. I I enjoyed that record a lot. Speaking of shame, uh,
0: unexpectedly you know the feeling you get when, like, you see, like, like someone do like a liturgical dance, or like, or like you see people outside doing tai chi, and you just oh, yeah. get like super embarrassed for them. Yeah, just deep, uh, aching embarrassment. Yeah. Weirdly, while listening to you listen to that, really? I had like that sort of third-person embarrassment for the guy on the record, which yeah. was not me, but a former version, uh, you know, incarnation of myself. Sure. I wasn't embarrassed. I wasn't embarrassed in the now, but I was embarrassed for that guy.
1: Okay, so like the actual you wasn't embarrassed, but the nineteen ninety nine you was very embarrassed. No, the the actual me was embarrassed on behalf of him. I see. Wow. Now suss that out. What were you embarrassed about? I don't know. I think that
0: uh, that, that somebody um, trying to to do something anywhere in the the kind of quadrant of of, of rap music. Yeah. Uh, who is anything like me? Mm-hmm. um and, and ted you know on another on another episode i will let you listen to an actual rap song that i oh. kind of tongue in cheek put together Really? Uh, s- some years ago
1: yeah Wow, what was the subject matter uh, it's out
0: myself okay
2: yep
1: right. and, and
0: it's and it's you know it's called really crappy rap song so it's it's mm. trying to be kind of tongue in cheek and funny yeah, about yeah, it yeah, yeah. but but i also was trying pretty hard to do a good job
1: at the rap parts
0: <laughs> okay so so you know good. a little little kind of cheddar cheese kind of Yes, Influence a little Owen
1: Strayhanny kind of uh, <laughs> channeling going on. <laughs> oh man, baby, we should uh, we should close this up with a little uh, a little meditation on Downton Abbey. Uh, the program is done now. Um, we will have to find another way to spend our Sunday evenings because um, the the entire program is actually done. They had the the season and series finale a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we have not talked about it uh, since then. So. Um, why don't, why don't you weigh in with just your, your general feeling as the, as the series, uh, at, uh, wraps here as the, as Downton Abbey comes to a close and then, uh, any specifics that you want to suss out about, uh, about that last episode itself.
0: Well, I liked it better than you did. I know this because you <laughs> and I traded about 45 texts during it. <laughs> we and, did. Um, so many,
1: in fact, that we missed half the episode because we we're, <laughs> I don't know what phone. happened. What happened with the characters? Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I do know
0: one. I liked that everything that we wanted to happen and thought would happen did happen. Yeah. Uh, I feel like too too uh, rarely does that happen with with uh, you know the season or series finale. You know they yeah. they try and go in some other direction and send the people to jail or kill somebody <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, that was good. Uh, that I loved that Barrow was happy. I love that too. Barrow was full on redeemed. He made peace with yes. everybody when he had nothing you know nothing to gain. So they knew Dude, it was yes. Yeah, you know,
1: They knew it was legitimate yeah. and sincere. And then yeah. he came
0: back and, and, and was their boss. I thought that was wonderful. I do too. And do and, too. and that he didn't, you know, I could have seen Barrow even like earlier this season when he was on his way out the door instead of like shaking hands with Lord Grantham and saying you've helped me become a better man. Just yeah. like, you know, I don't need this guy's letter anymore. I got the new job just kind of saying something snide and then that would have killed yeah. his future.
1: Absolutely. Great Absolutely.
0: character development. I thought his arc over the whole series was wonderful.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. I, I couldn't have been happier with uh, with with how things landed with Barrow. I, I think it was fantastic. And
0: yet, you were unhappy with with kind of the the tenor of the whole episode. Dude, no, I, I mean
1: I was unhappy. It just it felt like a it felt like a Brady Bunch reunion episode to me. You know what I mean? They're bringing back all these old characters and and sort of. It just felt like they were rapid fire, like tying off storylines left and right, which is, I guess, what you have to do in a final app. You know, they I mean, they,
0: they didn't bring back old characters in the sense of like people you hadn't seen in a while to please the fans. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not like that's you, true. I mean, you didn't have like a dream sequence with Matthew and Sybil or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although that would have been awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or, 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 and you didn't even have like um, the redhead guy who became, you know, a, a chef or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Albert. right. And then you need to have like someone like a second tier like that coming back to that's be true. part of the finale. So that's there wasn't, true. in my mind, a, a real finale kind of feel to it or a, yeah, or a reunion yeah. feel. What what I'll tell you one thing about this. Mm-hmm. Cemented for me that even, you know, we joke about it and hope that the joking about it makes it not true. About yeah. how Downton Abbey makes us kind of uh, brings out the feminine in a dude. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what, when Edith is going down the aisle. I know, dude. I turned to my wife and said, a white dress? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> Which may be the most feminine thing I've said in three years. And then you turned to the phone and texted to me, a white dress. Yeah, right. Did I really? You did. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. You know what? I'm going to go back into our text archives uh-huh. and see what I can read from that last app. <laughs> <laughs> Here here's the, the, the text that um that you sent. White wedding dress, question mark, question mark, question mark Right.
2: <laughs> See
0: I made it a little bit less kind of like,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Okay, and then and then I said a moment or two later, this ep kind of blows, feels like a Brady Bunch reunion ep. <laughs> know what I mean? And you said ha but then something good happened to Barrow and you said Barrow in all caps with five exclamation points. Dude, my my excitement for Barrow's arc was was palpable. Absolutely. And I agreed. Uh, You said this app rules. Barrow is happy. And then something good happened to Mrs. Patmore. I think they indicated that there might be a future uh, for her with Mr. Mason. And I simply wrote you Patmore with seven exclamation points (laughs) (laughs) and the word. Yes. In all caps with four exclamation points. (laughs) And then you said something about Mrs. Patmore having a real marriage. (laughs)
2: what's that
0: a
1: reference to i don't know i don't know (laughs) other texts in this
0: (laughs) the real marriage was what uh mr mr Uh, carson wanted to make sure that he was going to have
1: yeah exactly Exactly. so that was
0: me being kind of crude
1: is what that was remember uh but i thought that it was
0: just a text between me and my friend
1: (laughs) (laughs) i loved uh i love the sprat uh, arc. Oh my gosh,
0: dude! Sprat. hes not even going to need to be Butler, but even you know he can—he can hang on to it as
1: long as he wants. Dude, Sprat's the best. He's a writer, man. He's like us. Dude, you a know? great
0: line vis-a-vis Sprat was uh, actually more about Danker when mm-hmm. uh, when uh, the Dowager Countess said uh, in in her mind, Danker is Salome dancing around Sprat's Herod. Oh man,
1: yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Another
0: good line was when she said, "If dipl- d- diplomacy doesn't work." Try force quoting. I think her father, and then you knew that she was going to just show up at, yeah. at that that uh, that
1: nasty lady's house and and just walk off with her father in law. Exactly. Exactly. You, yeah, dude. I even not, I even started caring about that plot line again. Um, you know the the, the oh, I forget their names, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: the guy that uh, Isabel was going to marry.
1: The guy that Isabel was going to marry. That you know it was kind of the boring thing with the the hospital arc and i I never really cared for isabel to be honest me neither Um, i
0: wanted her i wanted her to just disappear when matthew was killed off what was the point of her
1: yeah yeah exactly she was always to me she wasn't full-on like hateable like mary um nor was she like super good and 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 sort of likable like sib i mean she was just kind of there she was kind of passive aggressive and Yes. I don't know she never quite
0: understood that she wasn't better than those people by not being better than those people, which I yes. think that was always her assumption. I'm not yeah, as good exactly. as you, so I'm better than you.
1: dude. Right, which is kind of like everything that's annoying about sort of smug college sophomore philosophy, if you yes. think about it. Yes, she was very yeah.
0: smug and very sophomoric. I I did yeah. not like that character at all. In fact, when something good happened, when that old guy found out he wasn't going to die, which I think we all saw that coming, um, oh, yeah. I was like, "I'm happy that he's not going to die because he seems like a nice old fellow." But yeah. I mean, I don't care that that she's going to be happy. She's she was sure. such a she was a poorly handled character in a show yeah. full of uh, a mixture of of poorly handled and and very well written characters.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Any other uh, any parting thoughts on uh, on Downton before we really close the close the book on on that chapter of our lives forever, baby? It's kind of sad.
0: You know what? Let's not say anything, man. Let, yeah. let me let me say something that's that's not sad. Okay. You ever do this? I, I'm I'm on a radio program this afternoon talking about a book that that can't. <laughs> I won't last... ask you
1: which program. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, if <laughs> if you want to know, I'll tweet I'll tweet it out and then okay. people will see. But. Okay. Uh, I, I wrote this book quite a while ago. It came out last July mm-hmm. and I hadn't really thought about it much yeah. and I had just uh, occasionally been emailing people or hearing back from people about you know going on on some do some interviews. And so I yeah. pulled this book back out yeah. uh, and was flipping through it. Yeah. And I was like, as I'm flipping through it, I was like, this is flipping great. like I okay. I, I hadn't remembered how much I like this book that I wrote, like yeah. how good it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and how funny it is and how exciting it is and and, and uh, yeah. I was like man this book is freaking spectacular uh, yeah. and and so I was uh, kind of curious how it was doing and I went on Amazon
1: yeah
0: uh, and it wasn't doing great yeah um, you know usually books have an arc to their sales and yeah, sure. when they've been out for a year and a half if they're not like climbing the charts you know yeah. they're starting to wane but um, then this is this is kismet man yeah, I get an email at the same time that says you're supposed to have, have mailed in five copies of this book. Okay. Uh, to uh, for a contest. Okay. And you need to overnight them, or your contest fee is is void. Okay. And I'd forgotten all about this contest, so yeah, yeah. I hop on Amazon and I bought five copies, mm-hmm. checked overnight delivery, and then put the the contest address. Okay. And the f- act of doing that made it pop up quite a ways in yeah. the Amazon rankings. So boom. Nice. So if you want to read a great book, folks, The Last Con by Zachary Bartles, uh, he won't talk about it cuz he's very humble, but this book mm. is is stinking spectacular. Extremely uh, humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to ring his bell for him. I'm going to blow his show far if you will. Yeah.
1: Uh, and,
0: and if you like things that if you like the show Leverage, the movie uh, uh, Ocean's 11, if you like anything about hackers or con men or heists or that sort of thing, <laughs> or you like uh, conspiracy theories and sort of like secret societies, and you'd like to see those all blended together with kind of gut check snark, you should buy The Last Con, and then you should leave a five-star review. There it is. And I'll tell you what, the Gut Check Army has done a good job of this, because if you go on our Gut Check Guide to Publishing, at the Mm -hmm. bottom it says uh, people who bought this also bought, and Mm -hmm. Playing Saint and The Last Con are the first two things there. Mm-hmm. Meaning that Gut Check people are are uh, faithfully uh, buying, you know, some of our stuff that uh, is
1: is not Gut Check off, off Gut Check, yeah, 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 absolutely. So In fact,
0: you know, now that I think about it, I don't want to get uh, you know uh, critical, but Ted, none of your books are on that. Also, also bought Ted Klug fans, you need to come out here and and and, um, and buy this Gut Check Guide to Publishing so that we see uh, some of Ted's books show up there. And there's more crossover, and there's more all uh, pair frequently bought together, and that sort of thing. You're 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 uh, you're not rep in very well in this way.
1: There you go. They're not protecting my rep, bro. <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> Nobody's still listening after my my kind of self self aggrandizing <laughs> promo. It was humble though, very humble author. <laughs> it's humble if you say it's humble. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, or if yeah. you
0: acknowledge that it's not in a funny way.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> like oh, ha-ha, I would never do this, but, you know.
0: <laughs> or if you then, after doing that way, acknowledge that, then you're further insulated, so there yeah. we go.
1: Yeah, yeah. There are so many layers of irony that, yeah, no one could possibly think that you That are no right. one
0: can actually see me, the real me yeah. that writes songs about dentists. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> oh, Judas, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is me casually walking into uh, <laughs> our reading of... Gut Check Literacy Month's uh, re-raptured, so you'll hardly uh, be we're... able to
0: tell that we forgot about doing this, and then quick decided to do it after yeah. already saying next time.
1: One thing that we would never forget is uh, the the weekly reading of our uh, of our book re-raptured as part of Gut Checks, uh, ever expanding, ever unfurling Literacy <laughs> Month. Um, we are ready, Zach, for Chapter Fourteen, which is called "Things Get Real." This was a chapter that was written uh, primarily by your uh, your wife, Erin. Uh, This is called chapter 14. Things get real. I'm going to take the first section. uh, You will take the second and then I will bring things home. Uh, When James Wiles hangs up the phone in his office, he can feel a sense of unease wriggling up his spine. He never thought it would come to this. When he chose his friends at that Bible college long ago, the choice was based largely on who had a car, who was looking for a black friend since he was the only black guy on campus and who seemed to be at ease with girls which James took as a sign that he would be meeting a lot of them. The silly vows and midnight meetings, despite the 10 p.m. curfew, had seemed like harmless fun, and he had never taken them seriously. But it is obvious that Josh, or Pastor Rabbi Abraham, or whatever he was calling himself, (laughs) had James sits immobile at his expansive desk, the doctored coffee clasped in his left hand. What would happen if he simply ignored the call? If he went on like nothing had happened? The rapture wasn't real anyway. His time at the University of Michigan had taught him that. Those learned men and women had pulled him up from the mire of religion and into their pristine ivory tower that was built on reason and healthy skepticism. He can't go back now. Still, doubts pricked the back of his mind. What if God really was planning to whisk away his followers and leave the rest of the world to destroy itself? What if he was one of the ones left behind to fend for himself? Suddenly, James snaps out of his stupor and pulls open his bottom drawer once again. He retrieves the flask, pushes the coffee mug aside, and downs two long swigs from the bottle. <laughs> then he reaches in again and removes his 9mm.
0: Everybody in this
1: book has a
0: 9mm pistol stashed somewhere. That's yeah, just... you know what?
1: I do too in my office, actually. It, <laughs> it just It actually comes with all office furniture. So if you buy a desk from, like, Herman Miller, there's a... <laughs> There's a nine millimeter in there, and a flask, yeah, and a flask, exactly for those dramatic moments in life, you know.
0: (laughs) You know, there have been times when I've wished that I've had like a flask and a nine millimeter in the in the bottom desk drawer, but absolutely. All right, section break. Here I am. Misty is pretty sure that she is the world's worst roommate. This theory of hers is confirmed at every turn from Emma's laughably unfashionable clothes to her annoying friends to her lame music collection. But worst of all is Emma's uncanny ability to barge in at just the wrong time, every time. Now Misty watches the retreating figure of her makeout partner as he scrambles down the hall with his laptop and turns the corner to take the step down to the lobby. Misty spins on her boot-clad heels and faces Emma, hands on her hips. If your life weren't already so completely pathetic, I'd actively work to make it a living hell. Emma purses her lips and raises her eyebrows in that annoying way of hers and starts straightening the covers of her bed, although they are already perfectly neat. Misty stalks to her side of the room, delineated by a line of duct tape across the floor, which is superfluous since it is obvious to anyone who walks into the room that the border between the two girls' things is where the floor ends and the dirty clothes begin. Our rule was no boys in the room, Misty, Emma says, not looking at her disheveled roommate. You agreed to that on the first day. Yeah, that was before I knew you would always be lurking here and watching my every move when you weren't in class or some dumb church thing. Emma bites her tongue and smooths her long, dishwater blonde hair. Misty waits for a response, looking for a fight, but Emma won't give her one. Exasperated, Misty turns toward her bed and starts putting her shirt back on. Emma finally looks at her. Misty! (laughs) What happened to your neck? Nothing. It looks all infected. Did you scratch it or something? I said nothing. Now leave me alone. But you need to see someone about that. It's all red and oozy and... I said leave me alone. Misty turns to grab her carefully self-distressed black leather jacket and make for the door, but can't find it through the piles of clothes on the floor. She turns to give Emma one last withering glance. My own business. The door slams behind Misty, and Emma is left on her bed. She's about to bow her head to pray for her wayward roommate, but a poster on Misty's side of the room catches her eye. A band in black with black hair and black eye makeup and black fingernails stares back at her menacingly. The guitarist has 666 tattooed on his hand and is flipping her off. I don't have to look at this, Emma mutters as she steps up onto Misty's rumpled bed. She reaches up to the top of the poster and in one swift and fluid motion, rips it right down the middle like the temple curtain. She claws at the sides that remain on the wall until every shred is in her sweaty fists. She steps back off the bed and looks around. For a moment, she feels bad about destroying someone else's property. But then she embraces her righteous anger and realizes that, like Jesus driving out the money changers, she is called to cleanse this room of evil, starting with Misty's
1: piles of slutty and offensive clothes. 200 bucks. Hey man, you want a seat? I got a seat. That's a fair price. But I only have 100 and I have to get in there. Sorry, pal. That's dialogue between <laughs> a kid named Alex trying to buy a ticket and a scalper who's got a very good and kind vocabulary for a scalper. (laughs) Alex paces up and down outside the arena. He knows Kate is in there and that she's got the goods on Strongbow, and he simply must tell her what the chip that was supposed to be Strongbow's was indicating about his, um, behavior earlier. Alex walks along the outside wall of the arena, trying to look nonchalant and avoiding eye contact, but not in a fishy way with security (laughs) personnel that are roaming about. At one of the rear doors, he spots a concessions worker bringing a trash bag out to a dumpster. 100 bucks may not be enough for a ticket, Alex muses, but it's probably enough for a uniform. Ten minutes later, the transaction complete. Alex walks into the stadium unmolested and unquestioned. He untucks the white button-down shirt, rolls up the sleeves, and removes the name tag that says Kenny. (laughs) The last thing he wants is to look like a schlump in front of Kate Russell. (laughs) Another text to her confirms the meeting place and he heads to the Dynex Lifeway Kilometer High Stadium gear shop with a flutter in his stomach. Then he realizes that the clothes he is wearing smell greasy. (laughs) Greasy. After almost ten minutes pretending to peruse the merchandise at the gear shop, Alex fears Kate has stood him up. He thinks of Misty waiting at Black Eyes Coffee Shop and feels a twinge of guilt. But then he spies Kate striding toward him in heels and a tailored skirt and jacket, and Misty is temporarily forgotten. Kate smiles warmly at him and comes in for a hug, whispering in his ear, Let's get out of here. Do I have a story for you? Duke doesn't bat an eye when he looks up from his desk to once again
0: see Dr. Van Shrimpy standing in the doorway, nunchucks in hand. The coach squeezes his eyes shut, giving his head a violent shake, and returns to his paperwork. But Van Shrimpy's still there. He's <laughs> really there. And he's closing in.
1: Ooh folks that has been chapter 14 of re-raptured this has been got check literacy month and we will see you next time
2: let me tell you about this kid i knew in high school why this girl so bad he started acting psycho He done a lot of bottles and he spent a lot of others until a boy that was oh sent and then he finally 29 and married to a dentist